0: What's up, NFT land? I'm Eric Rhodes, and this is the Outer Realm Podcast, where I talk to artists and professionals in the NFT space. This week, I get to talk to Darren Klein, host of the Non-Fungible Podcast, and an artist and educator. Now, before we get into the episode, I just want to do a little bit of house cleaning here. Um, Some of you may notice a shift in the way that the podcasts are being recorded. And this is because I'm doing live one-on-one interviews every day, Monday through Friday, mostly, on Twitter spaces. And then I'm recording these interviews and then and distributing them two weeks later. So if listening to live and more organic interviews is something you're interested in, um, then all you have to do is go to our website, theouterrealm.io and you'll be able to see a list of upcoming Twitter spaces, and you could set a reminder for yourself. And if you do happen to miss the live episodes, you know that you can capture them here across all platforms where the Outer Realm podcast can be found. Now, thank you for joining me today, and let the show begin.
1: Yeah, how's it going, Ben? I yeah. haven't seen uh for, I, I mean, know. we've interacted on occasion recently, but not recently.
0: I know, we've, uh, you know, everybody's just hustling right now, right? It's like. We've got this. <laughs> we've got this bear market, yet yeah, where we're still here, trying to build, trying to yeah. do things. You know.
1: Yeah, it's it's an interesting time. I mean, you know, I think it's the time that you do see who's really uh, committed to being here and who's really passionate about it and excited about it, right? Um, it to- it really is, yeah. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, you know? Like, there are a lot of people that are like, eh, screw it. I don't want to do this anymore. No, it's like, well,
0: it's a filter. you know. It filters people yeah. out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: I'm okay with that. I know, like, I know that I'm here for 20 years, right? And,
1: mm. like, it doesn't
0: bother me any which way if people are popping in and out. Because I know people will see over the course of 5, you know, 10, 15 years who will have been here all the way through, you know, along this pumping you know, putting out content, engaging with the community, yeah. the same way you're doing it, you know? It's like yeah, yeah, you know I don't I just don't see any other way. there is no I', I never felt this before. I'm curious if you've ever had this in your life too. Um, there is I, there is no other path I, I see. This is my path, and I, mm. I, I just feel driven to take it you know, have you, Interesting. yeah, I'm wondering if you sort of, have, like, are you still teaching? Like, what do you do?
1: I do still teach. I reduced my teaching time uh-huh. um, because, you know, I've had some success with um, the podcast and I do the Twitter spaces as well. And of course the art. Um, and so I've been able to reduce my teaching time a little bit, which That's is fantastic. great. Yeah. Um, you know, the thing about the teaching is it's so secure and stable, right? Like, You know, I get really good benefits, really good pension. So then it's like, do you really want to give that all up? You know what I mean? Like, so, um, and yeah, like when NFTs aren't selling, I'm still totally okay. You know what I mean? Right. So, you know, uh, eventually would I, you know, say if the opportunity came to just go, okay, I'm going to take a break from teaching. Yeah, I would do it. I would, I would try it, you know? Um, but I don't know. It's tough to leave. They call it the golden handcuffs. You know, it, it really
0: is. You know, um, but you're. It seems like you're on a path to sort of like setting up your own own set of golden handcuffs.
1: <laughs> That's the goal. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. I was. Yeah, I
0: was going to talk to you about. Um, like I was before, I was trying to think about how I would say hello to you, or whatever, and something or funny, and I'm just not that way. But I was, <laughs> yep. I was trying to, I was going to see if I could throw in a, a, uh, what is it? Uh, oh man, I just totally dropped this. Um, a North of the Wall comment. How's Canada treating you? Oh
1: yeah, Canada North of the Wall. Yeah, we're up here with the White Walkers. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, no, I was, uh, I was out in the Rocky Mountains this weekend in Banff, and it was phenomenal beautiful weather room temperature like what is that in, in uh, fahrenheit 72 degrees yeah um 21 degrees for the rest of the world yeah right um it <laughs> was phenomenal beautiful weather we've had a very unusual autumn here very warm and you do you, yeah. do you
0: do you get out a lot i know that you you like to walk and stuff but <laughs> do i get out a lot i like that question <laughs> well you know we're we're very se- in this space i feel like we're very sedentary you're in front of your computer <laughs> talking to people got your phone you know what i'm
1: saying no i get you i get you um my wife and i for years we had a dog the dog passed away last fall but because we had this dog we got in the habit every day of going out no matter what the weather and i mean i'm talking you're talking it can get down to like minus 30 here, you know? Yeah. And when he did, we'd put on his little boots and his little coat and we'd take him out because he wanted to go out for a walk. Um, and that built a really good habit, you know? So we're, we do that still. We continue that. We always go for walks and sometimes we'll go down into like a nice park area. Often we'll just walk around the neighborhood or whatever. But yeah, we do like to get out a lot, you know? And if I do go to the mountains, it's the whole time we're, you know, just going on trails and seeing the sights, and that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I've got a little, so, yeah. I got a little pooch too, and, and when they gotta peep and when they gotta do their thing, uh, <laughs> they you know there's no there's no go there's no missing
1: it. <laughs> I also teach phys ed, so that helps. Oh, I teach gym class, nice. so I teach that three times a week. Plus, we have like daily physical activity that we do with them. Yeah, and so that keeps me fairly active too. So, like lately, we've been playing uh, flag football with the kids, and you know. It keeps you busy keeps you active
0: what other what other games do you play with the kids you have to make up games if you have like
1: a <laughs> uh it's changed a lot you know it's more fitness oriented now whereas you know when i was a kid it was more like certain team sports you would play all year uh, we do a mix now more like we do have classes that are just more like cardio focused or whatever yeah uh but then we also do kind of unconventional games you don't want be wide games like capturing the flag or things like that just games where it gets kids running around and stuff uh, but then we also teach them like tech techniques and skills in stuff like basketball volleyball football etc yeah, it's fun,
0: yeah, I don't remember my gym classes being that well
1: thought out <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> they're just like here's a ball, go kids
0: right they were like. Today we're doing tennis and it was like, <laughs> there were nets and that was it. You just had to find a partner and hit the
1: ball with. Okay, go hit the ball. <laughs> yeah, it was,
0: there was no, Yeah, there was no like instruction.
1: Okay. <laughs> um, that, I, that I remember.
0: And then we would play, we would play this game. I guess we called it handball. Okay. Yeah. Ba- basically like you take three steps then you got to pass it to someone
1: I know what you mean, like European handball, yeah. Yeah,
0: and except there was a wall that divided the gym, and when the dudes <laughs> played, you were getting checked up against the wall, which you can't <laughs> happen today. You know, no, you're 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 in gym with like you're 14, and you're in the gym with 15, 16, and 17, and 18 year olds, you know, and <laughs> you're getting checked, Just up getting demolished. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gym's <laughs> yeah. That's... I guess gym. I guess gym class has changed a little bit.
1: Yeah, it's changed a little bit for sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, and so, it's a lot more inclusive now, too. Like, a lot, it's not just those sorts of games. Like, a lot of these games where anybody can play, right? And it's just more about activity um, yeah. and exercise and whatever. Yeah,
0: they, we, had, we It was co ed, but let me tell you, there was not a lot of like balls being passed on to the women at the time. Right. Yeah, I hear.
1: Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, well in certain sports, you know, there's gonna be kids who just dominate realistically, right? So you have to right athletes, right? Like so yeah,
0: that, that happens. I mean it's the domination happens in there are people who are naturally gifted in academics, they they dominate class discussion, gifted in you know, mathematics, whatever it is, doesn't matter. Yeah, they'll always they always sort of like climb up to the top. What are you for what, sure. are, what are you climbing up to the top on right now?
1: In your life, I'm working on something I'm really excited to be working on. Actually, it's a commissioned series. I don't know if I ever told you about this. No, tell me. Yeah, it's a series I'm working on with someone who goes by the name Linda Ray. Um, you can find her on Twitter. I think her Twitter tag is Hey Linda Ray, like H E H E Y, and then Linda and then R E Y.
0: Yep, I found her.
1: Um, great person. Uh, small small business guru. Um, and she's doing a series that she's called Biz Glitch. And basically the whole premise of the series is um, learning from mistakes. Like what are some of the big mistakes people make in business? And then learning from that. And what she did is she hired me to be the artist for the tokens so that the tokens would have some visual interest, some collectability to them. And so what I'm doing with it is I'm creating a series They're all glitch-themed, so kind of, you know, in my wheelhouse. And I basically, they're mostly portraits. And then what I do is I'll have, like, a single original portrait that I create. Um, Often, what I've done is I've used AI to create, like, a source image. And then I'll draw a portrait based on that person that doesn't exist, you know? Um, And then I do a whole variation series of them. So there will be, like you know, nine or 10 variants of a particular piece. And with that, they're all kind of just, you know, they still stylistically look like my work. Like I use color gradients that are kind of my style and glitch effects that are kind of in my style. And uh, basically what we're going to do is we're going to make it, it's going to be 366 pieces in total. So one for every day of the year, including leap years and then the token itself will give the holder access to this business advice now what that ends up being exactly is still kind of like being worked out but in terms of how that materializes but the idea being the user will have access to that community through the token so yeah it's kind of cool to be doing that
0: well that's really cool i get your this there's like this i mean i I think there's a need for it i'm actually this is so funny that sort of i love the way the universe works um this is (laughs) i've been trying to figure out if like i've been interested in getting a business coach um of some sort and the reason for that is and and a small business one uh, okay. Reason, yeah, Interesting. And, yeah, yeah, and this and I didn't know you were doing this. This is fantastic. Um,
1: huh. Yeah, I love
0: it. I I just retweeted it. Um, retweeted the, the I see the glitch art. It's totally in your style. I love it.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. She was really excited to. You know, I was just so honored because she was like, "Oh, I love your work," and it was actually, you know, Heather Parody from NFTs for Newbies. No. no. Okay. Well, Heather Parody. There was a a podcast called NFTs for Newbies. Extremely popular. Um, And that's how she got to know me at that time. Because I was kind of... I was on their show way back when they knew like very little about NFTs. And just talked to them about like how to mint NFTs and stuff. And uh, their show was fantastically popular. And they did great. Uh, But she's since moved on to doing her own podcast. It's just the Heather Parody podcast. Great, lovely person. But anyway she connected Linda Ray to me because she was like, Oh, are you looking for someone to do the art for your work? Well, okay. D. Klein can do it. He would do a style with glitch style that you could do blah, blah, blah. Right. And so then it, we, that's how we connected. So, um, yeah, I mean, definitely if you want to talk with Linda Ray about what you have in mind, I'm sure that would be right up her alley.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah. No, no. Oh, there's the echo. <laughs> um, <laughs> Mid mid, it hit us mid uh, mid chat. Yeah, what was what was the name of uh, Heather? Who? How do you spell her last name?
1: Heather Parody. It's P A R A D Y. Uh, mm
0: I see her. Excellent. I love following. Oh, I've I've seen her. How how come She's great. She's great. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah.
1: Excellent. Cool.
0: Well and, yeah. and so the the podcast that you were talking about, NFTs for newbies, do they still have their thing going on or, or
1: this? Well she's since started her own show.
0: Okay. So she's 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 got her own NFT or maybe web three focused kind of thing going on.
1: Yeah, I think it's a little broader than strictly NFTs and web three now. I think okay. it's a broader range of topics. Oh, I see like community building tips. Yeah, so, that kind of yeah. thing. Alright,
0: cool. Yeah, She might be a nice resource for people
1: to... Oh, she's a fantastic resource. Yeah. Absolutely. How did you meet
0: her? Did she, through your podcast? Well,
1: again, it was basically when they were total noobs, mm-hmm. somehow they came across me. Maybe from my podcast. I'm not sure.
0: Maybe from your trash uh, article. <laughs> might have been that. I don't know.
1: I, can't, I actually don't remember how they came across me. Maybe they would remember. Um, and then they just had me on their show. And yeah, basically we were talking like really basic NFT stuff. Like again, they were completely new to it. They bought like a V friend or something or a couple of V friends and they were like, okay, now we're into this. Right. Right. So yeah, it was, it was interesting. It, they were, they were really cool people. Yeah.
0: And so you've got, have you, have you completed all 365 66 iterations of the, uh, the glitch
1: set? Are you still working? No, I'm, uh it's going to be released starting uh it's going to be released starting of next year so like january 1 2023 or whatever Mm -hmm. um 2023 yeah and uh so you know we need of course we're going to need to work on things like metadata and all those kinds of things so you need to give yourself some time but yeah i'll probably be done all of them i'm guessing in about a month or so oh nice yeah. Nice. I mean, it's not 366 completely unique pieces, although they are all handmade. Like, they're not generative. Yeah, um, I, I know what you mean. Yeah. So, I, again, I make one, and then I make variants of that one, mm-hmm. each one by hand. So, it's kind of unique. It's it's different than your typical uh, NFT collection, for sure.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, making a, any collection, I, I mean, I've, I've done two collections with 100 unique pieces, right? And making mm-hmm. anything at a hundred by hand, actually three, if I consider skyscapes. It is hard to do. It is hard. You know, uh, the, there is such a great advantage, you know,
1: to creating
0: 10,000 at scale or 2,000 at scale if you have the skills to be able to code that. Uh, I mean, right. today you don't really need that as much. There are some sites that you could use to create that. Then there's a the whole level of other stuff. But yeah, I mean I mean I still love I mean I love that it's handmade. I think that is such a I think that got lost a little bit in the PFP evolution.
1: Yeah, I think so. Yes.
0: And we were like yeah. when when we were in like when we were doing this back in twenty nineteen and I'm not like I was a noob then. It was a lot of artists just messing with the space. We weren't trying to become millionaires or billionaires. I think we were just getting happy about like $1 and $10. And, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, sales. Right? It was sort of like <laughs> just experiments with the technology. And then it, it shifted, you know, it shifted. And I think as prof- if we want to stay professionals in the space, we have to consider what that shift looks like for us, right? Like I've been talking to some people about the difference between being a hobbyist and being a professional and where do you mm. kind of, Where do you, as, as an artist, where do you kind of see yourself in that spectrum? Cause I think it's a spectrum.
1: I think it's shifted. You know, I did incorporate finally, you know, a while ago, it's yeah, um, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, and so it's, you know, because the thing is with my case, you know, I've kind of got the whole media side going. Right with the podcasting and all that stuff. Um, and so yeah, I've incorporated as Decline Media, and then that all fits under that, right? So it, it, it's definitely a business at this point for sure, you know. Um, you know, especially the Canada Revenue Agency, they know it's a business, they like getting their taxes from it, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, the, the <laughs> IRS likes their taxes too. I've incorp I have two, uh, I've incorporated. Mm-hmm. I have second realm, which I'm strictly sort of just maintaining as any work of art that I make out uh-huh. of that. And then I have uh, Metaverse Brands group,
1: mm. uh-huh. and
0: that's sort of where the outer realm and the media stuff fall under. Um, okay. Yeah. The reason the reason for that was if I, you know, and I'm I'm dreaming big without having a uh, an end goal in sight, but I imagined. If I got to a point where the outer realm sold, I didn't want to have to sell second realm.
1: Interesting.
0: You know, I want to talk I to was, me about I'm, that
1: about selling outer realm.
0: Oh well, selling the media brand. You know, the company, yeah. the Metaverse Brands Group. Yeah. Um, selling the company itself, sort of like I imagine uh, at some point. Do you, okay. Do you, Do you play sports? I mean, did you watch like NFL football or anything like that?
1: Yeah, I watch NFL football, yeah.
0: Okay, so back in the day, there were, like, fan sites. And then yep. there, there were media companies buying up all these independent fan sites. Mm-hmm. And, then they were, and then you start to have things like Fan sided or Barstool Sports, over, mm-hmm. right? And it grow, they grow into their own media brands. I think we're sort of at the – and I don't think our, our, any of our work is fan site think it's a little bit more serious than that. Uh, but it's sort of like it's in, it's independent media. And I can right. imagine uh, at some point, if I continue to create content, have a podcast, um, selling it, selling it, selling the brand, so to speak. Right. Uh, and then putting it in, in hands of people who could do, you know, a better job with it. Uh, but right now okay. I'm, just, I'm just stewarding and creating what I think I want to find Uh in the space, you know, but I don't know, I don't know where it's going to go, but I wanted to protect um, my artwork from the, from, I wanted to protect my artwork and my art studio from having to like be in the conversation of, um, you know, in the future, if I sold the outer realm, you know, it would, just come out of a different business that's all i mean that's all my for me it was purely about organizing it in my mind right in a comfortable way
1: (laughs) right no that's a good point i mean to be fair everything i've really worked on with decline media has been the media side the podcasting twitter spaces stuff um you know in terms of uh yeah the art side yeah i suppose i could incorporate that separately honestly for me it was more about okay hey I want to have limited liability here if someone says, oh, hey, I listened to your show and these guys, you know, bought such and such a project or whatever, you know, like it can be fraught with, you know, people who are, you know, you don't want to get sued, basically.
0: Oh, yeah, (laughs) I agree for sure.
1: So it protects you a little bit that way.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, that wasn't my, I wasn't thinking like that, Um, maybe naively. I'm glad you said that because it sort of springs up some things in my mind to look out for. But you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, I just feel like we're—I'm at such an early stage, and I've had fits and starts trying yep. to figure out where, you know, how I want to how I want to show up in the space. We, you know, one of yep. the questions I—I I tend to like—I feel like I have two full-time jobs. I feel mm. like I have the full-time job is Eric the artist. And then there's this full-time job of like Eric, the crypto art historian slash writer slash podcaster, and they there are odds inside my inside me. Um, yeah, you know, uh, and I'm curious how how you manage manage that or see that within like your world. And you have you have three like in my mind you have three, you're le- and your family, which you know I'm just I, how do you juggle all these things? That's a great.
1: Yeah, you know, it is a challenge. I mean, I'm a veteran when it comes to teaching, so I don't have the workload that a teacher who hasn't taught for a long time has, right? Like, I don't have to do a lot of preparation to teach because, you know, I pretty much have it memorized, you know, in terms of what I need to teach the kids and whatever. Um, yeah. Marking, of course, and evaluating stuff still takes time, but it's not like when you're a new teacher and it occupies, like, your entire evenings, you know? Um so, you know, the, the, the art part I'm finding right now, because of that commission project I'm doing, I'm not able to br- produce as much of my own art that I just produce for pleasure as I would normally. Like normally, I'd be creating a piece or two a day and, you know, maybe mint, you know, one, or, one every couple of days kind of thing. Right. And uh, now, of course, most of this work is dedicated to this project I'm working on until the end of this year basically you know so that means that i'm not releasing as many pieces i actually did just finish a piece that i'm going to put on super rare hopefully sometime this week uh you know my og uh artist series i don't know if you ever saw that
0: um i don't know
1: Is any, let me pull it up let me see if i can find a link to it in a second um <laughs> it's on super rare I was, I joined SuperRare Rare through uh, Museum of Crypto Art. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. And uh, that was an aspiration of mine to do that. Um, let me just tweet it out and then you'll be able to see it in a sec. Um, oh, I, see, I see them. Do you? Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Romero, Angie, Coldy. Yeah, you Sussexson. got it. You got it. You God, got it. Man, these are fucking amazing.
1: Thanks, man. So I've got the Angie one and the Coldy one and the Max Osiris one are are not sold yet. Um, I love the Angie piece. You know, that one I'm really, really, I love. Um, So I'd like to see that one get sold sometime soon. But uh, I also just did one of Stella Bell. That is really fun. Um, So I'm going to mint that sometime soon. And, you know, it's just uh, those are just fun for me. but. Again, I don't have as much time for that kind of stuff right now. Yeah. So, you've really been
0: developing this style uh, for like a year now, right?
1: Yeah, you know, and I just I always come back to it because I just like the I don't know. I just enjoy how the colors fit together. I enjoy the just the bold lines and Yeah, it's a fun style to do. Oh, it's 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 really wonderful. It's very
0: graphical. Um colorful bright it's like and it you know what's interesting too is while it's bright you have these like muted muted blues Mm. and browns and you know uh, not browns purples and like for me those that's what i get attracted
1: to Mm -hmm. now i just love how they complement each other right yeah like i'll try to play the blues against the oranges and the purples against the yellows yeah and I don't know. There's something about it with the halftone effect that just really punches it up a level. Like if you see them before the halftone effect, they still kind of look cool, right? Just the simple flat colors. But I don't know. The halftone just gives it that extra character. Yeah,
0: and it sort of, it adds texture.
1: It does. Well, and I also kind of play with how large the halftone effect is depending on the part of the face, you know, so You'll see some of them will be larger textures and some will be smaller textures, mm-hmm. and playing with it's it's actually quite tricky to get the half tone to be really clean. Like certain colors, you'll get um, a half tone effect that's kind of like a I don't know how to describe it other than dirty. Like for example, a certain like say a dark purple, you'll get say a blue and a pink, but then you might get like black dots as well, right? Right, and yeah. it just looks you know, kind of messy sometimes. And so then you have to kind of tune it. You got to tune the, the color, the purple, for example, to a slightly different purple where it just is a cleaner look, you know, things like that. It's fun to play around with.
0: And what are you using for your main creation tool?
1: Procreate all the yeah. time.
0: Yeah, yeah. Procreate's really great. I started to use it more and more Um Like, I was creating skull illustrations. I was creating trash can illustrations. I've been illustrating for a long time. Mm -hmm. I usually did it for my own sort of uh, fun. You know, I never thought of it as anything other than, like, doodling.
1: Right. Um, I haven't dropped
0: any of these illustrations, but it's sort of, you know, it's just been a new new way to experiment. Because I was trying to figure out i have this fucking ipad it sits on my desk <laughs> and i'm mostly using my wacom tablet and photoshop for a lot of my work because that's how right. i've been that's part of my process yeah and and, it, and it's fast for me because i know where everything is sure but there are some techniques and tools in procreate that are just you can't you you can't get the same effect anywhere else
1: no it's true so I've been. My finding... style is deeply tied with Procreate. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What's it's interesting is that I can recognize, you know, other people when they do use it. You can go, oh, they're using that effect and that effect, and they're using that trick and this trick, right? Have, have
0: you bought any any brushes or tools or or for anything for Procreate? I bought a couple.
1: I haven't. I've just kind of tweaked the ones that are in there sometimes, but I yeah. haven't actually ever bought a pack because I've just found that the ones that I use I enjoy as they are um there's a you know i often just use a simple inking uh just a studio pen basic style and then if i go for more expressive stuff like i was talking about the biz glitch uh um glitch nfts those have a little bit more of a spontaneous kind of look to them uh so for them i often use the blackburn drawing brush and that's just a fantastic drawing brush it just feels I don't know. There's something about it that just feels physical. I know it's not, but just the way you can control it with the pencil is just phenomenal. So I use that a lot. Like, you know that I don't know if you remember, but I did an incomplete series where I had portraits where like parts of the face weren't drawn. Yeah, I do remember that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, then I that for, I used Blackburn for that and it just feels so fun to draw with it. You know, you could just draw really big fat lines and just, I don't know. There was something about it that just felt very spontaneous and fun. Whereas when you're using something that's very precise, like a studio pen, it doesn't feel that way. Right? Yeah, so. I
0: loved. I love the um, the charcoal. Mm. Uh, the charcoal ones. I use that for my in my um, unofficial. No, not unofficial. In my in my brutalist mannequins.
1: Yeah, yeah. I use yeah.
0: the charcoal quite a bit. I use it for, believe it or not, for erasing, which adds a really uh, interesting effect too. I like using the erase tool as a pen. Yeah, you know, no, that or is as, fun. as a paint as a paint option. I yes, mean, you know it's and a, and blending things. It's just you, you can get you can get unique features out of it.
1: Yeah, another thing like with that Bizglitch series that I've done is I will have tons of blending layers. Like some of them are made from like. 12 layers of blending effects, you know, Mm -hmm. where I'll just use different effects. Like I might color burn on one layer and then I might use an overlay effect on another layer. And then I might use a lighter color on a third layer. And then I might use, I don't know, whatever. There's so many blending effects and it's just playing. Like I'm just playing with the layers and going, Oh, what happens if I do this and going, Oh yeah, that looks cool. Right. After a while, of course you learn, you know, which things are going to do what, but there's still an element of chance to it which is really fun where you can kind of just make a layer and then put a second layer of the exact same picture on top of it and then do some glitch effects and then do a blending effect and you get a really cool result. And it's that discovery feeling of like, okay, I didn't know exactly how this is going to look. That makes it, you know, that's, that's glitch art, right? Is that the fun element of not knowing how it's going to turn out. Right. Yeah. And are you
0: animating in, in Procreate or are you,
1: yeah, I am going to have for this particular series, I am going to have some, they're not going to be common. There will probably be about maybe a dozen or 15 of them that will be animated. Um, and basically they just are a particular one of the pieces, maybe the original piece, and then I add an animation of a glitched effect to it that loops. It just has a kind of, you know, it grabs your eyes, you know.
0: It does, yeah. I've been, I've been, I've been um, sticking mostly with static, like no static, yeah. Basically, still stuff
1: Uh um, recently because I, I I like,
0: I like to enjoy or I like to think about creating the feeling of movement or the feeling of anxiety, Mm. the feeling of pressure. Uh You know, using using the canvas itself. Right, like it, especially in the in this new series like the new work that I'm doing with the mannequins I'm really trying to use color blocks um, to create like pressure on the on on the the figure itself uh-huh. and then, and its location on the canvas and it's uh, the other elements that are with it to then create like this feeling so I uh-huh. mean you know me I've I, I was, I've been glitching for a while but uh, I really, right now, I really like the stillness of it because I feel like there's so much, so much movement. You could, but you could put the feeling of movement on a, on a canvas. I, I'm Probably. really exploring
1: that. Well, and I did talk a while ago with he goes by the name Coin God. I don't know if you've heard of him or Naughty I mean. Naughty. This is another is his artist name. It's spelled like K N X T T I. Naughty. Okay. And he he does a lot of like actual physical painting, but he sells them as NFTs. Like he'll he'll paint them and then he'll sell the NFT of it, and then you can get the physical copy. I'd really like to. At some point in time, I got it. You know, I got to set up where I'm going to buy a bunch of canvases, and actually get back to old fashioned actual painting on canvas because I haven't done that in years. Yeah, there's
0: I, I've been thinking about this myself. Like yeah. a, I've been feeling about a, a pull in that direction as well. And and I wonder I wonder what that is because I'm seeing more I'm seeing this happen more and more where people are taking physical artworks as part of the process of creating a digital asset.
1: Yeah, there's something satisfying about it, right?
0: Well, yeah, you know, and I was going to ask you about this too. I put a screen protector on my iPad that oh, has yeah. that has, um, like, it's it's sort of like it adds a layer of friction and softness yeah. to the to the Apple pen, which is sort of really rigid and doesn't really move. You know, I've tried to make it as as like paper-like as possible, but there's something really unique about, about, and different about putting it on canvas or, you know, taking ink and putting it on paper. It's why I still write all of my notes in pen, in a book, you know? Okay. I I think for me, it's sort of, it's more natural. Um, I don't know, but
1: I was just thinking about that out loud. I, I'll i admit, like, I didn't really get on fire for making art again until I did it with the digital NFT stuff, right? Like, I've always kind of just doodled or whatever, but in terms of, like, loving doing it and doing it all the time, it was the the digital art that caught me. So I don't know if the physical thing will last, but I've been kind of imagining it would be interesting to do some kind of series that I would still sell it as an NFT and maybe it could be redeemed for the physical or something like that. You know, that'd be interesting.
0: Yeah. I like that. I like that idea. I think that it can get really messy uh, at least if, if, if it's a physical artwork, if it's a digital artwork and then you also get the physical, which one is the real artwork (laughs) on the NFT so I, I've been thinking about I think, thinking about it too. I think at some point, if this if there's like the redeemable aspect is really, really cool, but let's mm-hmm. say it's two different assets, well then the physical right. asset would need its own token as well. Right.
1: Yeah, because I imagine like if I were to do like a physical piece, then I would say digitize it. I would maybe do some digital effects to yeah. the digital piece. So the two would kind of stand on their own. Yeah. But maybe the the old holder would own both. I don't know. I mean, I know Damien Hirst did that recently, where you could either redeem the physical one or burn the NFT. I think it was right, and R- a lot R- of people chose to keep the NFT. The NFT and he, he burned the actual physical art thing.
0: Yeah,
1: right. Which is kind of yeah. cool.
0: He's um he's a really interesting. I mean, he's probably the, he is the, the most popular, the, the most, most well known living artist. I think today. Who's relevant and like a superstar,
1: mm, uh-huh. you know? So he's
0: he's got a unique machine behind him, though.
1: Um, yeah, that's, that's that's lots of
0: lots of interns doing his work.
1: Nothing For sure, against it, yes,
0: he's, he's an idea guy, right? Um, yeah, and they're just as valuable in the in the spectrum and realm of, of <clears throat> art and creativity. So,
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: So, what else are you working on? What are your what are your sort
1: of like – who do you have coming up on your podcast? Wow, on my podcast. Oh, that is a jumble, man, like keeping track of that uh, mentally. Oh, really? So I, I put it all on a calendar, dude. Like it's all on my calendar. Uh, next guest I have is uh, Ash Cooper-Kerns. I got her. you couple... are you up to now? It's got to be close to 300 now. I lost count. Damn. That's, yeah.
0: you know, one of the, one of the, one of the uh, inspirations for me doing these one-on-one chats and spaces is I was also, cause I mean, you totally inspired me to do my own podcast and I couldn't keep up the production level that I wanted. Right. Um, and you were putting out so much good content so fast. And I was like, okay, well, how can I how can I do that in a way that works for me? Right. And then right, right. As, as, at the time it was like clubhouse was doing its thing. So spaces really wasn't, wasn't, uh, where things were happening and then spaces right. came about and people, you know, love spaces and what I, and now you could record spaces for me. It's like, Holy shit. Perfect. A perfect storm of stuff just came together for me. I could sit right. back, record on spaces, then get a download put it back up. It was a live podcast. Like, you know, um, that's how, you know, and, and I think that that suits me better for sure.
1: Well, it's just, you know, like for me personally with the podcast, you know, I, I just like, I don't know. I don't want to have something recorded and have it sit there for a long time. I want to get it out ASAP, which I admit means that sure, maybe it doesn't have the heavy, heavy editing and the super high production quality that you would expect from something that takes weeks to edit and produce. But for me, it was just like, okay, this is rele- relevant to right now. So I want to release it right now. So when I try when I record a podcast, I try to have it out within like a day or two. Um, I talked to uh, the artist Bad Oats the other day, and I've yet to release that episode. And that really bugs me because it's been a couple of days now. I do not like that. I want it to be out ASAP, you know? So that's my goal is, you know, to keep the conversation flowing in such a way that I don't really need to edit a lot. You know, um, I edit, you know, the beginning, I edit if there's awkward pauses or lag and that's about it.
0: Yeah. And I think there's some, there's something about uh, putting content out there as often as possible to, Mm -hmm. you know, you, you make yourself available um, for an audience to find you. I paid about $12,000 to do my, uh, the episodes that, that I ended up doing with high quality, you know, editing and they were fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. it, It wasn't, it was, and they did the marketing with it and all that stuff. But it, it just wasn't like vibing with my, I thought I wanted all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would if I had my own team, but I'm not there yet. And so right. like, I came back to what is sort of like the minimum viable way. And it sounds like you found that quick for yourself that I could do. Because uh, I want to have conversations with people one-on-one. I right. mm-hmm. want to find out what you're doing, who you are, if I don't know you if we've talked before, what are the updates? You know, these are, and and because we are such a global community, mm-hmm. it's not like me and I can meet you at the corner store down the block and go to the bar and grab a drink, right? We have to yeah. find time and moments like these to talk to each other. Yeah. And, you know, for me, selfishly, it's pure, it's like, yeah, I'm creating co- content for people to listen to, but I'm really doing this and the whole the whole point in the, in the beginning for me was to just like find one-on-one time to, with people, you know, it's like, yep. Such a, such a cool opportunity uh, and people, and, and I find that there people are very amenable to talking when they know they're going to get some, some coverage from it or perceived coverage from it.
1: Yep. You know. And you know what so I found like to be little... one of the biggest biggest benefits of the podcast that I did not anticipate was when I when I attend oh is that loud? Can you hear that sound? No, that's
0: all good.
1: It's my, my wife using the Vitamix. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Making some almond milk, I believe. <laughs> anyway, uh can you hear me okay?
0: I can hear you just fine, yeah.
1: Yeah. One of the benefits I did not anticipate has been one of the greatest benefits is when I do attend some kind of NFT event, whether it's NFT Miami, LA, New York, whatever. Okay. I know a shit ton of people at these events. Like, and I recognize them because I've seen them on Zoom. Right. And they recognize me. And so you go to these events and it really does feel like, you're really connected with a lot of people, right? Yeah. There's something about meeting in person, but I mean, you can go to an event like that and feel like you're completely alone. Right. Um,
0: Totally. Yeah.
1: But when I go, like I recognize a ton of people and they recognize me because of the show. So that's been a really amazing benefit of it. You know,
0: that's a, that's a really good point. There is, there is sort of that visual uh, quality missing from like tape doing the spaces
1: right, yeah, that's true Yeah,
0: yeah yeah. Um, I think for me, like man, I'm just gonna ride this out and see where it goes like um, yeah, 100%. I have I have I have one interview a day booked for the next three weeks. Oh wow, okay yeah and I've tried I'm, I'm gonna be keeping them at about an hour, which is you know is sort of like a good a good window that
1: yeah I think uh, so
0: and that that's sort of like the whole the whole goal here is you know one do it in a way that's sort of you know amenable to, to my comfort levels and mm-hmm. in a way that I can get it out there fast but the other is sort of I want people I, I mean really I want people I want to be creating content and I want people to hear me um, yeah
1: you know if you're not
0: if you're not out there you know out of sight out of mind is sort of a very real real issue in in this attention economy
1: Yep. You know, what what are you
0: doing so what are you doing to like grab people's attention are you doing anything in, intentionally um outside like from a marketing perspective or
1: my main my main approach has always been the media side with podcasting i also mm-hmm. host twitter spaces once a week with uh the coin network they sponsor it
0: yeah tell me about the coin network twitter spaces
1: So the Koi Network, uh, first of all, the Koi Network itself is a very interesting platform. They're focused very much on, you know, uh, themes of decentralization and basically accessibility and interoperability and just everything I like about Web3, you know. Um, And they have a whole kind of attention-based economy built around the Koi token where if you put work up using their technology you can earn koi tokens when people look at your work so you don't need to sell it okay uh but this this can also work with content like podcasts or music if people were to listen to your podcasts it tracks the attention and you get paid when they listen so that's something like
0: like attention liquidity mining
1: yeah. Essentially it mines it based on attention. Okay. Yeah. So the token gets mined and awarded to people according to the attention that they're given. So it's a very interesting concept. Um, and yeah, really interesting company, but anyway, so with toy, with quite Twitter spaces, the goal is to kind of just have people come in and we talk about themes that kind of relate to, uh, you know, all these principles, and the, the topics are varied, like they're not specifically about Koi, you know. So, for example, today I had a Twitter spaces about uh, Art, and talking with artists who uh, have had success on Deviant Art and are now in the NFT space. And then also talking with DeviantArt themselves about how Web2 and Web3 kind of blend together. And, you know, we kind of see them as these separate entities, but in many ways they're actually... You know, blending together over time. And we probably oh, really sure. won't think of it as a separate thing eventually, right? Yeah. Um, what, you know, I mean, being Art, artist, like you're talking like 75 million users on that platform, yeah. right? So, you know, it's, 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 it's a, screen, right? Yeah. So, that was very OG interesting. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and so each week, you know, we talk about different things. So next week, the plan is we're going to talk with a group about the theme of, how do we accelerate decentralization? How do we push this forward? You know, and so for that space, I usually come up with, you know, five, six kind of like anchored questions that kind of keep the interview going. But a lot of it is conversational. I kind of let yeah. the guest talk. And I've got those, you know, five, six questions that are just kind of in my back pocket, ready to be asked if uh, I want to move the conversation forward. Yeah, um, I we
0: did the, we did a trash art was it a trash art or was it yeah i think it was a trash art spaces and um
1: the conversation
0: was really nice and everybody got an opportunity to talk you yeah. manage you manage a spaces conversation really well because there are some spaces where it's clear to me at least and i have to get off them really quick when there are mul- <laughs> when there's multiple people on stage and nobody is managing the conversation. It is it's very difficult to pay attention.
1: Mm. And so I, I don't even do actually know well. what I do that works. Honestly, I'm not even sure what it is.
0: Yeah, I think it's just nat- Like you have the, you have a natural ability to make sure everybody is engaged, and, and maybe you keep your your space your stage um, small. I don't know, but at least what I what I've listened to, it's been you know always very good always well
1: thank you you know i try to keep it around three or four maybe five guests i've found yeah. when you go above that on twitter spaces it's too much to handle but also for me as the host i start to feel worried that i'm leaving somebody out or i'm neglecting somebody or someone's not getting the chance to talk sure you know so yeah i like it around that about about that number three four five people Occasionally gets more. We had one a little while ago with uh, Scott Page from. uh, He was the saxophonist for uh, Supertramp, Pink Floyd, and Toto.
0: Oh shit! My dad loved Toto. Fantastic guy. He's
1: super into NFTs, man. You should get him on your Twitter Spaces. Scott Page.
0: Oh my god, my dad. If he was alive, fucking dad, he just passed. If he was alive, he would have loved. Oh, sorry. No, that's that's okay. He was. um, Thank you, I appreciate that. He was battling uh, cancer for quite a while, and Mm. it was at at the end of June. um, He kind of went in. He had the he had the flu. Oh wow! When you're immunocompromised, the the flu can be really serious, and it was. Yeah. So he didn't make it out. That's terrible. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, I'm sorry for your loss.
0: Thank you. Thank you. It was. Uh, it's. We're still transitioning, right? Like, interestingly, my mother. I think she used the ATM once in like thirty years. So now, because <laughs> my dad did all the, all of it, so now. Right. I, I work with her on all the finances. Um, you know, make sure that we transitioned all of the bills, all that kind of stuff. So. It's yep. really Interesting, but my dad. We. I had lots of combos with him, and he prepared me and her for this trip you know I guess he kind of knew at some point mm-hmm. so you know you you, you don't ever want to be in that kind of position but um, you know he did I think he did a really good job of sort of comparing us as much yeah. as you can yeah.
1: for, for death right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah that's wow I'm not ready for that yet my parents are still both I feel like young
0: yeah Yeah, but dad was 70 He was not old. Okay. Um, But he just sort of, he he was in his third bout with cancer. Yeah. Okay. And so, and, you know, we used to call him the machine, or we still call him the machine. His doctor called him Felix the cat because he had nine Mm -hmm. lives. The dude, he (laughs) survived the pulmonary embolism. He survived the quadruple bypass with 98% blockages. Oh, wow. Like, you know, he was a firefighter and he fell through buildings and survived that. And, you know, the doctor was, like, you know, always joking with him that he had nine lives. But the cancer took the last one, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah. Hmm. hmm. Wow. Yeah, anyway, no, Scott Page. Great guy. Scott Page, Toto, yeah. I... Um. He was on there with Keith Botha, who is another big promoter of artists in the space. Along with some spectacular artists that were there as well. And, uh, you know, it got to be a pretty big group. And so then that's where I get nervous where I'm like, oh, okay, I've got a lot of people here talking and they all want to share. Uh, you don't know. That can be stressful. I mean, when you're running a space and there's a lot of people on, right, and you're wanting to, wanting everybody to get their, their uh, say. But also the fact that Twitter is not very stable, you know, and you'll have like a rug pull in the middle of uh, spaces or something. We had one happen... Yeah two weeks ago where all of a sudden it crapped out after like half an hour, all of a sudden, poof, it just closed. And then we restarted it. But of course the entire audience didn't necessarily come back after it crashed. Right. So that can be stressful too.
0: Yeah, definitely. One of the reasons I chose to do one-on-one is because for that reason, Ah, you know, not, not, not for the rug pulling, but the reducing the stress of, of managing sort of a group of a group of speakers i think if you you know if i imagine if there was if there was like a co-host that you were chatting on a side like boot this person like you know but when you're trying to
1: do it all yourself um, it's hard (laughs) it is hard hard. yeah yeah with the coin network when i host we have a social media manager Bryn, who does all that part of it so i can just talk oh that's that's amazing so that, that's great. It makes it a lot easier. Yeah. And she's a wizard with all that stuff. She's, you know, if people are having problems, she gets them up on stage and puts all the little things on the, you know, how you can put up the, share the tweets and whatever.
0: I mean, I, I've so. seen people do it. I don't know how to do it. I've tried to figure <laughs> it out. <laughs> I've tried, in the middle of this pod, in the middle of this discussion, I was like, I should probably put up that tweet that, that you and I are talking about and I go to look for like some easy button that's like, you know, pin tweet or something, it's not there. There's nothing about pinning there.
1: <laughs> I don't honestly know because I'm not the host, so I'm not even <laughs> sure what the button is. <laughs> I think if you go to, the, I think this is how it works. Maybe I'll just teach you right now. Okay. If you go to a tweet, okay, and you click the little share icon, you can it share from it, from the, the can go Eric Rhodes space, and you can share it there. Oh, you can't do it
0: in this in space.
1: You got to go to the tweet. Okay. Okay.
0: Now I see it. All right, let me pull up your...
1: So, like, I can try to share one right now. I don't know if it'll work for me to do it. I don't know if that worked. <laughs> I think you have to do it as the host. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. It's um... a handy little trick. Here's so you me. just go to the share tool there in there and it should show up I think. I'm not sure.
0: Uh, it says what's it say? Oh, the sh- at the bottom here. Share. Man, I feel like share. <laughs> I don't know. It's not here. Share via. Share. I don't
1: know. So isn't it just right at the top where it says oh, yeah, there space it. or whatever?
0: I think I did it. Yep.
1: Okay. I don't see anything, but
0: yeah, just nope. I, I normally shows
1: up at the top, but I don't know.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Twitter Spaces is the kind Linda of flaky Ray.
1: too, right? Like you might even be doing it correctly and it doesn't show up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I'm learning. I'm
0: an old, I'm an old dog trying to learn some new, new technology tricks here.
1: Well, and honestly, there it's not that user friendly either. Even if you do know what you're doing. So
0: yeah, it really is. Yeah. <laughs> Well, listen, this was, uh, you know, as always, I really enjoy talking with you. I feel like we, we always just have good
1: conversations. I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. For sure. It's a pleasure. And yeah, one of these days we have to try to meet up at some NFT event somewhere.
0: Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to be in Mexico, I think, for wow. Mohara's non-NFT event. Uh, oh, when's that? On November fourth, I think. Ah, and then and then I will be in Miami in I guess April and May, and then probably some mm. other places in between. But I wasn't traveling most of this year because I was, you know, I was taking my dad back and forth to the doctor. Right. So my, a lot of my a lot of my time and energy was spent sort of fifty percent on managing all of that, and then
1: twenty
0: mm-hmm. percent sleeping, and then thirty percent trying to keep this business running
1: yeah my next you know. one will probably be nft la in the spring i think when is that i think it's in march let's check
0: it out i need to do some more traveling and just being out there i don't really want to go to the events i sort of just want to go like i don't want to go to the i don't really feel like i need to go to the conference i just want to go and hang out and meet all the people that i need to meet.
1: that's what i love too yeah. yeah you show up at the conference you go oh it's a conference yeah but it's the people you run into that make it interesting
0: yeah i i chatted with rizzle yesterday i don't know yeah have you, have you, and yes he's, put, he's trying to put together some sort of like uh, non-conference conference for nft people <laughs> and i love it i love the idea i love the concept because it's true we sort of like we go to these things now and all of the good stuff happens outside of the conference like the conference yeah at
1: the restaurant cool. afterward or the party so, in yeah. Eden, or the house yeah you know?
0: yeah. yeah totally so, he's just sort of like but his idea is bypass the conference
1: part and just have all the other <laughs> good stuff it makes a lot of sense actually yeah <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> well then you don't need to like rent out some huge facility and have massive conference pass fees and whatever
0: yeah, you could make it nominal, right, and sort of give people what they really want. Uh, if it, yeah. if you're going to include food all weekend and and or or all day, like you could do that because you're not having sort of you know
1: Use twenty thousand dollar keynote speakers or whatever.
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah. You come to the conference. You come to the non conference if you want. And then if you have something to say, you his like the other piece of it is. He wants it to be organic, like if you want to come to the conference and then you have something to pitch by all means go and do it right you know very going. interesting yeah so I mean I, I just talked with him I don't know how far how far he's gotten I put my name in the hat for doing a workshop
1: because
0: um, oh. I've been doing I did like design thinking workshops and how to get unstuck workshops for years in tech so like adult education is pretty not easy to me, but like it's something that I have a skill set in, so I'm like, I can mm-hmm. do something fun at this event. Uh, you know, it's yeah. funny, because
1: as a teacher, I should be able to be like, oh yeah, I could do that, but I do not, I don't know, I don't know what I would do. Yeah, it's a,
0: it's, it's a weird skill set. Uh, totally fell into my lap. Hmm. Yeah, That's cool. I, I don't even think, like, I, I, I think teachers have, have, have a unique, um, I do not want to teach children. it's you know like even when i think about being a teacher and i'm I'm currently exploring the idea of teaching ux at an art school Mm. um like that's what my career my previous career was in like i Mm -hmm. want to do it at the college level because they're adults
1: yeah to a certain
0: degree you know to a certain degree like i have so much respect for for people who teach my nieces and nephews because it can't uh, it can't be easy it cannot be easy to manage a group of hormonal chaotic (laughs) non-attention you know attention going everywhere like it's just you know (laughs) i just a lot of praise for you uh for for taking on that role
1: (laughs) well thank you i appreciate it
0: hey listener it's eric and i want to thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode in its entirety um If you found a piece of it super valuable in any way, please do me a favor and send a screenshot of it to your friend. One of the ways that we get exposure is from listeners like you, who then spread the word to your friends uh, and continue the conversation. So thank you so much for joining me today, and you have a wonderful
1: and peaceful and blessed day. Peace.